will come out, will come to play. Just for recreation's sake to pass the time away. Lots of fun, heaps of fun, enjoy yourself today. Not Melbourne boys are hard to beat when they come out to play. So join in the chorus, sing it one and all. Join in the chorus, North Melbourne's on the ball. Good old North Melbourne, the champions you'll agree. Good evening and welcome to the Stern Log. I'm your host, Nate Seven, just temporarily while Kango wants to have a little bit of a chat. This evening we'll have, Philly will be joining us and old mate, the lounge lead, but just a bit of a quick rundown. We'll go through some of the trending issues of the last couple of weeks, in particular Lindsay Thomas, some of the AFL interpretations, rule changes, and the Bontempelli files or um, the GOAT, as he likes to call himself. Go through some questions from the North Melbourne Big Footy Board. Brief rundown on the VFL, which is all of stuff all, uh, followed by a post-mortem and a preview, and we'll probably finish it off. But first of all, this guy has just over 23,000 posts. He averages 17 and a bit posts per day, and he's coming up for four years on the North Melbourne Big Footy Board. Welcome, Kangaroos Forever. Thank you, Nate Seven. <laughs> I, don't, I felt like going full Brad Scott there for a second. That's some impressive stats. It's really impressive. <laughs> well, he's only going to get better. And second to that is old mate Philly Roo. He wants to have a chat, and it's all about the bond. Welcome, Philly. Hi, everyone. Thank you. It's great to be here. And lastly, this guy also describes himself as a modern-day Frank Sinatra, also by his looks. He also thinks of himself as the candy man, but uh, he also dons the same pair of leather pants and welcomed the lounge with. Thanks for having me. I, uh, you, you've made my girlfriend laugh and just from the intro alone. Thanks for that. Bored off his fucking tip. All right, straight in. Boys, um, trending issues, Lindsay Thomas, AFL stuff, um, font files, whatever you want to go with. As far as I'm hearing in the background, someone wants to have a crack about the font file, if he wants to. Yeah, I'll talk you about it. go for it? Yeah, I mean, it's not really the bonfires. I think that the issue that is trending a little bit is, is what happened to Alan Tuvey on the weekend. He he had a delayed concussion, and uh, no one's really sure when it happened or what happened. I mean, there's apparently there's a bit of chat going around that he was in a scuffle with Jake Stringer about 10 minutes before that, and there's some Collingwood people that say that they saw Stringer throw one and connect with his with his jaw or something like that. And then later on, he's dropped to the ground like he was shot. So I think um, the interesting thing about that is that it, it sounds like quite a malicious act that Jake Stringer may or may not have uh, partaken in. And as I, I don't know, I, like people don't necessarily read what I post because K4A told me earlier that he has me on ignore, which is fine. But the post I wrote today, and I'm just going to read it out because then that'll finish my little section, is the Bont has a massive issue this week. The Alan Tuvey issue has the Bont conflicted and confused. On one hand, we all know the Bont believes that any delayed concussion must be caused by a malicious act or acts. On the other hand, Tuvey was playing against the Bont's Bulldogs. Malicious acts have been a commonplace from the Bulldogs since that fateful night at Eddie had when LT maliciously attacked little Lockie Hunter. And I think that the Bont can only and no doubt will present in his weekly Ask the Bont press conference that, in fact, LT has passed on the disease of malicious acts to the Bulldog playing group. No doubt the Bont will recommend a further suspension to LT for this abhorrent behaviour. I mean, how many suspensions have the Bulldogs played since we played them? Players had since we played them? There's roughly been a couple of players, two or three players yeah. have been suspended. And then Jong the week after that. 
whatever his name is. He was the week yeah, after that. And then Liberatore and Stringer have both been fined for wrestling with Tuvi this week. And, yeah. of course, Stringer's fine was actually higher than Liberatore's as well. Yeah. So yeah. I think, yeah, they're saying they don't have footage of the Tuvi thing. I mean, it's. I think it, I didn't see it, but it, I didn't see the footage of him going down concussed. But apparently there was some similarities to um, that flog from Richmond in the preseason. The one that, what's his name? Vickery. The one with the long hair. Everyone's favourite spud. No, the other. Vickery. You remember when Vickery fell to the crown and stood on his face? Quite funny in the pre-season. And he, apparently he was jumping for the ball, even though the ball was 100 metres away. Yeah. It was really funny. Anyway. But I, that, one, that wasn't concussion, the Vickery one. That was, what was uh, it? apparent. Was yeah. it really? Yeah. That was the official word that came back, was that he'd had heat stroke. They thought it was a late concussion, but okay. he was never in a, in a marking contest or something. Well, I think the action was similar. I mean, from what I've read, he was sort of running past the bench in front of Nick Maxwell, who was boundary riding for SEN, and he just dropped to the ground. And Maxwell sort of said he's in a bit of trouble. We're not quite sure what happened. And one of the... Um, I thought my, my highlight of the day was reading one of the Bulldogs supporters say that... Um, it wasn't actually a bulldog player that hit him. Someone from the crowd must have thrown an object and got him in the sweet spot of his skull. <laughs> what? Yeah, I mean it's plausible, isn't it? I mean it is because you know. And then what? Then what happened was it just evaporated to nothing. This thing that hit him in the head and knocked him out. You know. As it happens, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyway. I mean, I, I think it, I, I'm on record as saying that I'm really, really uh, not a fan of the Bont. I used to think he was a good player. Now I just think he's a hairband-wielding tosser who's got no fucking clue. But anyway, we'll, uh, we'll move on. There's more important well, it, issues. It's quite interesting you guys raised Bont and Pelly because uh, at the Richmond Members Cocktail Night last year, um, I spoke with Jaden Short, who's recently made his debut, yeah. and he said that he grew up playing junior footy with Bond and Pelly and he never rated him <laughs> as a junior. Um, and no one really quite expected what came of him, especially Jaden Short. And uh, so, uh, I mean, maybe we can start the rumour that uh, Bond and Pelly and Hurt were close friends and mentors. Yeah. I mean, I, I watched the first game at the I hope, right? But I watched the first game, the first half of their game, and, and Levi Greenwood pulled his pants down and slapped him. Diggity. He's... he's, he's Not that there's anything wrong with that. He's... He's just so soft. And, I mean, the thing that annoys me about how he said LT was malicious, I watched the replay of that game. Bonson Pally was in the vicinity when LT maliciously tackled the little prick eye. Bonson Pally ran away. He never he never remonstrated. He never got, you know, stood there and stuck up for his mate. He ran away like the little bitch he is and then stands in front of the media crew the next day and says that it was malicious. And, and the, I thought it was the next day at the beach at a recovery session. No, straight after the game. Okay. Well, I've got to say, that incident was the most overblown triumph I've seen recently. I mean, it was a poorly executed tackle. And but that's that, it. I mean... It, I, if you're going to maliciously attack someone, you know, it, you don't look that clumsy. It was just a... It was a high, you know what? You're right. It was a high tackle, and it should have been a free kick, and it was. The umpire was right there. He never reported it. Like, it was... It was so obviously not a suspension, and and what's happened subsequently has has proven that. But I mean, we're getting way off. This was probably a hot topic three weeks ago. This tackle, but I think so, so my, my my question was that I mean, obviously we're talking about hot topics and things that are that are trending. I think the main thing that that most people have been talking about is uh, is what happened on Friday night with, with Lindsay. I mean, the, as all of the people that have come out supporting him have said, 
on Friday night he received two high free kicks and they were only numbers three and four that he's received this year for high free kick. Yeah. And they're making Dermot Burton and others are making him the face of this issue. Like Grant Thomas was tweeting that Lindsay Thomas is un Australian in Indigenous Football Week. I mean Yeah, it's a bit stupid. I, I I know I know Grant Thomas reasonably well. I know his son really well and he's actually he's friends with my dad and I grew up watching Grant Thomas coach Warrnambool. I I've got a fair bit of respect for him and I don't have the uh, the hate that a lot of other people do. But I'm just mortified that someone could could say something and write something and put something on Twitter that's just so mind-numbingly stupid and, and incorrect. I mean, everyone gushes over Selwood's bravery, please. And Alan Christian's got it down pat. He does it every time. That flog from the Western Bulldogs, McLean, they, they've made a video to music of him doing it, and no one in the media has mentioned it. LT does two manoeuvres that, by the way, they probably would have been free kicks anyway because both of the players were going really high whether LT shrugged his shoulders or not. And all these flogs jump on it. It's just, it's so, so bad. And I, th- I think the problem with Lindsay Thomas, though, is he's too well known with previous incidents of being in the media for the wrong reasons, rightly but, or wrongly. But what, like, Even what? When, Give me an example. What else has he well, done? Well, I mean, with the goal kicking, with the yips, you know, he was the face of poor goal kicking. For, and look, he wasn't the only one doing it. But for some reason, I think because he's one of these... So people hate him because he missed goals. Oh, I think he's one of these well, guys that comes an unlikable. There was also the issue of, and Brad Scott has said this over the previous years, that Lindsay had um, the penchant for staging or for diving. Or okay, so does Jimmy Bartel. Yeah, and the odd. Yeah, but, that, but Jimmy Bartel. So, so what you're saying is players players that have got brown can dive on the ground like little bitches, and no one cares. But a guy a guy with dark skin who speaks out about Aboriginal issues dives forward, and everyone hates him. It, I think the other, I think the other problem with Lindsay Thomason really comes, mostly comes down to the fact that, for whatever reason, he's one of the unlikable characters of football, and I've never actually heard anyone say a bad word about him off the field. But I'd love um, to know what any... those. You say well, for whatever reason, and that and that's fine. But let's talk about the reasons. What what are the reasons? I, I mean, I actually don't think there. I genuinely don't think there is a. a, a reason. If you ask someone why do you hate Lindsay Thomas, if you're not to ten different people in the street said, do you like him? And eight of them said no. And he said, well, why? I guarantee you they would not have a real reason apart from they would just rehash what they've heard in the media. And, and the staging. Yeah, I, I, yeah, and oh, he's the flog. He, he can't kick straight. He high tackles. I mean, I, there are players. I mean, look at Adam Goods. Why did he suddenly become unlike, uh, you know? Um, well, it wasn't uh, travel, even. That's a but, you know, I mean, but some players... Aren't like the media. I mean, look at Cloak now. He can't take a trick, and it's only because down to footballing ability. And yeah, but Thomas hang on. But, but, but when Cloak speaks in the media, he's embarrassing. Like he he says stupid things about how how good he. I mean, even the other day, he said he was pissed off with the coaches for dropping him from the Anzac Tiger. Yeah, but he still hasn't passed kindergarten. Under, understood, and that and that's fine. But he says things that are arrogant. He says things that are, are self-centered. He puts himself in front of the team at all times. You listen to a press conference with Lindsay Thomas, and the dude makes you cry. He's that. He's 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 he speaks with honesty. He speaks with modesty, and he always puts the club first. He always puts his teammates first, and he works that hard in the community. He does that much good stuff. I mean, we've got. And to be honest, we've got people on our own board that slag him off all the time, yeah. and it's it's cringeworthy. I mean, it's also a fact that, that he's playing at 
had probably another issue in itself. But playing at North Melbourne, if he was playing at Hawthorne and Collingwood, where he was protected by people in the media, because I mean, the face of North Melbourne in the media is James Brayshaw, who I like, but a lot of people don't. Um, you know, if he wasn't at North Melbourne, where no one wants to, for whatever reason, no one wants to rate North Melbourne, that he just becomes, you know, I mean, the fact that North Melbourne aren't in Premiership contention right now is just astonishing. Mm. You know, um, but I'm fine is with it, people not liking North Melbourne. I'm okay with that. I mean, that to be honest, that I wear that, as a, I wear that, as that a bit of extent? badge of honour. People can't... don't like North Melbourne. People don't like North Melbourne players. People don't like Peter Harvey. Okay, I got, I, got a, I got a question for you though. Jack Zebel almost killed Nick Rewalt, yeah. Like yeah. He, he literally, I, I think he, he, Nick Rewalt is lucky to be alive after <laughs> what Zebel did. To him. Oh yeah, he pollaxed him. Yeah, that's fair to say. And he and he deserved to get weeks for what he did there. That was a really bad hit. Right. And then then he's he's got Aaron Joseph, and he should never have got suspended for it, but, but he did. Then he he got that Adelaide bloke, and he shouldn't have got suspended for it, but he did. Jack Zebel has won more head high free kicks than Z Thomas has three times more. So so why aren't people booing Jack Zebel? That's a good question. Surely he's surely he's more unlikable than Lindsay Thomas is. Well, Jack Zebel's not as well known, so. That's really? crap too, isn't it? I mean, I think Thomas has got a higher profile than Zebel. No, he outside doesn't. Outside of North Melbourne, outside North, I, no I, I would way. Think Jack Zebel does more press conferences easily than than Lindsay Thomas. Lindsay Thomas never gets interviewed after games because he, no, he, no. But he, if, if, they, if the two of them walk down the street, the first one non-North Melbourne people would recognise as Lindsay Thomas. But, I, but he but has a higher. Yeah, understood. Media. But a lot of that's because of the the manufactured hate for Lindsay Thomas that these people put out. I mean, Wayne Carey. I don't know if any of you guys watch Talking Footy because generally it's a shit show. But Wayne Carey did a, a, a pretty good piece on it, just saying that they people just flock to get into this guy. And it's you, I think you said in the pre-show K four that that you yeah. you totally don't believe it's racist. I totally disagree. I one hundred percent believe that it's racist. Based on what? But. Based on their can't, I, I can't understand any other reason that people flock to him like like flies on shit. It doesn't make sense. He 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 he's had a very good record at the tribunal. He's hardly ever been suspended. He's done a couple of little things, but never done anything malicious. Just ask Bond. But, but he 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 kicks amazing goals. He had the yips, but he fought through that. Surely that's an endearing quality. Like yeah. there's, I don't get it. No, I maintain that. I was going to say, I, I maintain that there, I don't actually think that there's a reason other than for some reason became trendy to hate him, and that trend is still happening now. But now where, I, 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 I don't know, and I don't actually think it's come from anywhere in particular, but he, for whatever reason, somewhere, some journalist has said something, and sometimes when someone says something, it sticks. Which is, that's a massive slight on... The football watching public, if they can be swayed by what one journalist writes. Well, it I mean, and it, and it, and it, 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 it can't be because he's combative either, because you know who else is combative that everyone loves and respects? Selwood. Selwood's combative. He gets in people's faces. He, he punches on behind the play, and he, you know, it just, it, it drives me mental that, and, and I think, and I, I've said it, I know you guys don't necessarily agree, that the only, the only thing that I can see is that Lindsay Thomas kisses the Aboriginal flag, Tabu on him. He, speaks more about Aboriginal issues than most players. And Adam Goods did the same. And and people don't think the Adam Goods thing was racist, but it was 100% racist. There's no doubt about it. I don't know about that. Well, I don't, I, mean, I, I, don't, I don't disagree with that I, to a degree. I think there is elements of the fact that he is an Aboriginal player and that 
It's, there are un- definitely racial undertones in Australian culture, and yeah. they don't like that being pointed out. I no. mean, everyone loved Adam Goods until he started to speak up. Exactly. And then, and then yeah. people say, but no one boo Cyril. But Cyril, Cyril's never spoken about Aboriginal. Cyril went to Scotch College. Cyril yeah. was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Lindsay Thomas wasn't. Adam Goods wasn't. These guys, these guys actually get out there, and I, I don't want to slag Cyril because that's not fair, but it, these guys actually get out there and do things for the Aboriginal people and get involved in that. And, and it's, it's amazing that the, the two most active Aboriginal players in that are also the two players that get spoken about with total disrespect and Goods never got saved by the media, but Lindsay does. And Lindsay hasn't been booed, you know, wholly like Goods was. But yep. I, I can tell you, I reckon our next interstate away game, when Lindsay Thomas gets into the ball, I guarantee he'll get booed. Yeah, you know, I actually think the uh, the flip side to the slightly back onto the head high argument is, I mean, for mine, why are we so quick to jump onto Lindsay Thomas or Joel Selwood or Luke Shuey? who have a habit of drawing these free kicks. And yet no one's saying about the tackler and the technique that is being applied. I mean... Yeah, well, there's still issues over the fact that they're leaning into the tackler and there's criticisms of that, which is the main issue here. Yeah, I know. But if you... Yeah, so I, don't don't, want to, I don't want to sound like I disagree with everything anyone says, but I, I disagree with that because the way that you, we got taught as kids to tackle and the way that everyone used to tackle is you used to aim for the hips and tackle low and hard. Now, the, the problem that was created then is that the players have their arms free and they're they able to dish off a handball at the top. So in recent times, teams have been trained and practised tackling right up high around the bicep and around the shoulder area yep. to be able to pin the arms to win the free kick. Mm. So then the follow-on from that is that players like Selwood have, have, have found a way that, that if they are going to tackle them up high, that if they can't get the handball off, they're going to win a free kick. Yeah. So, you know, if you... If you're going to tackle it, like if they're going to change rules, they're going to make the head sacrosanct and make it a no-go zone. Then you've got to go back to tackling around the hips. Yeah, well, that's the I think. Oh. Yeah, sorry, Jimmy. If you actually watch some of these tackles and some of the tackles applied, even the ones that don't draw free kicks, the one thing that I've noticed is the players who go to tackle are dropping the knees to get lower. Mm. Well, they're not. They're not actually dropping the body. Yeah. You know, I mean, because still standing Thomas upright. Dro- yeah. Lindsay Thomas drops his body. And if you don't drop your body, the height difference is going to guarantee a high free kick, even if he's not trying to, even if he's not trying to win one. If you drop your body when they drop the body, if you're still at the same height, you give yourself more opportunity. As you were saying before, if you go for the hips, even if they get the handball out, it's not a sling tackle if you drive them forward, put them into the ground, make them earn it, make them think twice next time they open themselves up. Exactly like what Rothhead did to Hanabry, in the grand final a couple of years ago, Hanabry opened himself up to put the arms up to win to get the handball out. Um, Ruffhead came straight through, yeah, gone straight through, absolutely cleaned him up, and he wasn't the same player for the rest of the game. Yeah, make yeah. the players earn it and make them think twice. Next I couldn't agree more, and, and that's and that's what Cunnington and Zebel do. When Cunnington and Zebel, Cunnington and Zebel very rarely give away a free kick for high because when they tackle, they try to get up under the player, up right under their rib cage, and they try to break him by smashing him into the ground. Now, and, that, and you know what? If you, if you can't tackle their arms, you get them low and you fucking hurt them. You tackle them NFL or rugby league or rugby union style. Like, you yeah. pick them up and you dump them into the ground. Now, you don't sling them, but I think that's, that's going to be the, the evolution of, of how a tackle's made. You, can, you can't do these tackles around the arms because they're going to get free kicks. And every... And if the umpires have confirmed that that's the way they're going to adjudicate it, well, deal with it, people. 
And yeah, yeah and I, I don't we're, blame we're Lindsay to, Thomas. Sorry, I don't uh, we're blame. We're just going to have to cut it there, I reckon, because otherwise we're going to go on to the next. God yeah, knows how many years. Right. I understand it's quite a hot-headed topic, but one of those things. So with that, we also need to say that all the stats that have come out through the media, and um, congrats to John Roo and everyone else who's been doing this stuff, showing that Lindsay Thomas is not leading any of these counts for the free kicks. I think he came in at something like 30 odd down the list, and you've got a whole host of all the um, the usual suspects who are coming up. Um, in the top of that list, so going back to what Philly was saying, that why is there a big uh, push on um, Lindsay Thomas? I think it's just a whole lot of it has to be media hype, but there's got to be a lot more to it because it is disgusting what's going on. Very good with Brad Scott to, um, to back him in and say, look, um, you know, the rules are the rules, and he'll do what the rules are, but players have been doing it for eons, and why all of a sudden is this becoming an issue? And that's the summary of what's been going on. Mm. But in terms of that, the other AFL interpretations that seem to be changing almost week to week um, is getting pretty hard to, to fathom for a lot of the spectators of the game. Um, and I'm just wondering what you guys think of that, whether it's the interpretation for the out-of-bounds, um, whether it be the rush behind, and why is there all of a sudden a focus from week to week where some weeks it might be a little bit more lenient in terms of the, um, the out-of-bounds? When I think back to the start of the year, it was quite harsh, and then it sort of weakened off a bit, and then it became really harsh again. And then the rush behind... What's Could I have 30 seconds on? on, just 30 seconds to rant here on the deliberate out-of-bounds? Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. I I completely understand why the AFL brought in a strict interpretation. Too many teams are playing the boundary line, deliberately taking it out-of-bounds for stoppages to slow the play down, and it's not how the AFL wants the game to be played. They have actually made the game more exciting and better to watch by the new interpretation. But why? At the way they've decided to interpret it so strictly. Why at no point during the conversations at AFL House and the match committee did anyone think, we're going to apply this hard, why will we leave the grey area open for uncertainties and for umpires to get it wrong? Don't have the grey area where the ball is deliberate on some occasions and not deliberate on the others, because in the finals, grand final day, it's on one umpire's interpretation, which could be completely different to the non-officiating umpire, on deliberate out-of-bounds. Make it simple. Make it easy. Yep. Last touch is out-of-play, automatic deliberate. If it's from a contest, throw it in. Mm. Inside the arcs, it's a th- ball in. I don't mind that, because you don't want to open goal too many unnecessary goal-kicking options. But on the wings, if you touch it last, deliberate or not deliberate or spoiling or whatever... It goes to the other team. It works in every other sport. It doesn't make sense. They basically have that rule now with the whole of grey. Take the grey out, black and white. Everyone knows the rules. Everyone makes it simple. And you don't have these... Yeah, and you don't have these silly instances where someone actually scrubs a kick off the side of the boot in the wet and one umpire says that's deliberate. Someone else does it three minutes later down the other end and the other umpire says, no, no, that was an accident. Play on. Make it simple. Make it black and white, and some some of the interpretations out of the game because the rules shouldn't be written for interpretation; they should be written in black and white. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I mean, that's my. Apart from apart yeah, no, I was just saying that's my two cents. You've got to make it. Sense. Apart from the Luke McDonald one earlier this year, I, I've pretty much liked the rest of them. I mean, I, I understand what you're saying, and, and the umpires have a really, really hard job as it is. And this is, if anything, made it a little bit harder because it, 
they seem I mean it was it was very easy for them to throw their arms in there and say throw it in and now it seems they have to make decision almost all the time it goes out. I think I think the fact that they have interpreted harsher has made for much better football, like you said. I mean, that Eddie Betts goal this weekend wouldn't have happened had the, the old interpretation still been there. Someone would have just rushed it out of bounds. So I, I think it might be a step too far, last touch. I don't know. It's not, nothing that we've ever grown up with, so it would be very, very different. I mean, I think if you do it just on the wings and say in the middle of the ground, it's your imper- imperative, if you touch it, to keep it in. Mm. And I think... Look, you will get... So when you say in a contest, so say say there's a marking contest and you go up and you punch it, the ball's out of bounds, is, is that... What's that? I, I think if it's a clear punch, if it's a clear fist to the ball, yeah. then pay it as last touch. If it comes off a group set of hands, then you can throw it in. So um, I reckon that's hard. Mm. But I think, you know, I mean, if you're going to play down the boundary... Look, I mean, if you're a defender and you're going to punch the ball, yeah. I mean, even if you want to punch it towards the boundary line, I mean, yeah. just set the play up differently. I mean... It would take three weeks for someone to leave a man forward to punch it down to. Or yeah. it will probably open up people going back for the big pack mark. There's the pack. I can't punch it out. It's near the boundary. Oh, what the hell? I'll go for a spec. Yeah, I mean, it's probably one of those things I could try in the uh, the NAB Cup and see how it goes. It, it, it does seem like a, a massive change to the way the game's played by going last touch. Oh, it's changing the traditional forms of football. Well, we're going away from what we're playing in the past. And I... Yeah, I... I, for one, think that we changed the rules way too much. I think this interpretation change has been really good this year. I mean, we're basically at that rule, for mine. The way that they're being paid and the way they're being interpreted, they're, we're basically paying it as last touch. Okay, i got so a question for you. What, what did you handball it into the back of someone and it rolls out about? Mm. I think that's clever play. I mean, look, it's no different so than guys handball into the back. Yeah, but that I mean, look, happen often. But, and I don't think handballing to the back is always going to happen more than that because, I mean, how often has the opposition got their back to you in front of you? Yeah. But look, what if what you, you're standing there with the ball and, and a guy's running at you to tackle tackle you, just handball it straight into his chest so it bounces off and goes out well, of bounds? Wouldn't that then be a manufactured free? Because I know from the sports that I come from, in particular hockey and netball and a few of the others, where you do have your freeze, but then you've got what's called a manufactured freeze. So if you do that, it's then going to go against you. Whether or not the AFL want to do that is another case. Um, but I'd be looking at that, but also going, but that would also be my answer to your previous question about if you're to handball it into someone's back and it goes out of bounds, well, the umpire surely, if it, and most of them are very good, would be able to spot that. You know, is that a manufactured tree? Yes or no? Well, it'll then go against you. And um, I've never I heard think, the term. I've never heard the term manufactured tree to be honest. No, not very well. It might be. A, it might. Yeah, but it might be. No, I'm not saying it is, but I'm saying they might want to look at that. No, but I've, I've never heard that term in netball. I'm not sure that I didn't know that. Okay, well, sorry, it happens in other. Sp- and yeah. I can tell you from the ones that I come from, and that's where it happens. And so it might be something that I look at, especially what they're looking at with the deliberate out of bounds and the rush behind and a few other things. So um, a manufactured tree, or what's also sometimes called professional foul. So yeah. that might be a case. That's where you might be going down, although that's a little bit more extreme terminology. Um, just going forward, Philly, is there anything else you want to say? I know there was something else about... Oh, yeah, I've just got a really uh, quick... I've got a really quick one. On, on, I know it was, it was a couple of weeks ago, or whatever it was, on Kane Turner. I mean, I, I wrote the night that it, uh, that it broke that I was really angry with Kane and that I, uh, I was going to stay off big footy for, for the night because I was going to write something stupid. Yep. We've... Um, my family has had a little bit of history with Kane, with, with my little boy, um, him being his favourite player and really, uh, really embracing Kane. And we, every time we see him at the footy, we make sure we go up and have a chat to him. And he's uh, a bit of a family favourite. We've, every time that there's a 
game worn jersey that you can buy. We of Canes, we buy it, and um, his signature on everything. And we always put number four, when the kids get their faces painted, we get number forty put on their faces. And he's a he's a real family favourite. And to read that he uh, he drank drove, considering that some people would know that the history that that my family has had with trick drivers and, and what that what that can do to people. I'm I can't tell you how disappointed. We saw Kane the night that it happened. He was at the footy. He's obviously gone round to his brother's house and uh, decided to get on the piss. And I understand he's a young kid, and I understand that we've got to give people second chances, and we we all will give Kane a second chance. Yeah. But I just I I can't express how disappointed and angry we were. And I had to sit down and, and explain the situation to my little eight year old boy. He's now eight year old boy about um about why Kane was getting suspended and why it was bad. And obviously he he has known uh, the effects that alcohol can have on people. His mum's a chronic alcoholic and, and that's why he doesn't see his mum. And he uh, he told me on the weekend that before he plays footy every week, he tries to do his hair so it looks like Kane Turner before he plays. And last, last week he told me he's not going to do that anymore and he feels like Kane's let him down. And now it, the club went hard at him and, and I think the club handled the situation really well. And I, I just hope that they do the other part of it well as well. I hope the, the, the stuff that moves forward from here, I hope he has to go to hospitals and see what drink drivers can do to people. I hope he has to deal with alcohol counselling and I hope that all of that actually strikes a chord with him because when he does something like that, he, it affects not just him, not his, just his family, not just his teammates, but it affects the fans of his club as well. Yep. And I, I just hope that he's learned a real freaking lesson out of this and he never does anything so stupid again in his life. That was all. Yeah. It's interesting to hear that, you know, the, the personal recount come from a, a fan of how a, a footballer, his actions can, can have a, can actually affect people outside the club. Yeah. Um, and I find, you know, it's probably one of those things for your son, you know, it would, it, that will probably stick with him forever. And mm. of course, when he's 18 and look, when you're 18, everyone thinks you're invincible when you got your license. And everyone has that night where they have a couple of drinks and they think, even though you're not supposed to have any at 18, our oh, home's not that far. I'll admit, when I was 18, there was a couple of nights we have a few beers and go home. Mm. Um, but what the message to you, Simon, will be, I think, coming out of this is that idiot mate who has a couple of drinks and says, oh, I'll take you home. Yeah. You will know not to get in the car. Exactly. And I think yep. what was most disappointing on Kane reading it as a football person was, you know, if he was at the pub, um, and had a couple of beers and thought, am I, aren't I? Bees at the pub, you take the risk. And if it was a little bit over, you kind of go, idiot, you probably should have just walked. But what I find so shocking was that he was at his brother's house. Mm. No, it's not like there's not somewhere to stay at yeah. your brother's house. Um, and I found that most disappointing to read was you kind of think if you're at a bar or, or, or somewhere, you know, you can kind of understand why you might think you'd be a little bit over. But to be that over, 1.33 or whatever it was, and be coming from a family home, it doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't jump on the couch. Well, that's the thing. Alcohol, you don't make the best decisions when you're young on the grog, so... No, you're right. But you know what else? He's an 18-year-old kid who's... What, what's the minimum uh, wage of a, of a footballer? What, 60, isn't it? No, no, no. No, it's more than that. He's not a rookie. He's on the main list. It's more than 60. I think I think the rookie's here, isn't it? I, I, I think he'd be on at least 90 grand a year, maybe 120 grand. If he, if he hasn't got money for a taxi, I'll freaking go he. And now, I'm sure, I'm 100% sure that the club talk about this with the players when they come into the club, and I'm sure that they have recaps on it all the time. 
about how to handle themselves and the ramifications of, of stuffing up affect the club for sponsorship and other reasons like that. Now, for him to, to make that, now, I, alcohol affected, yep, we all, we all make a few beers, but it's just, it, yeah, it's not good enough. It's not. I think it's really. That's. I think we need to also move on as well. I understand what you're yes, saying. Yes, no, go. Sort of, I was no, no. no I'm will, I was willing to let that go a bit, and that's, that's fair enough because there's a lot of um, excellent points that also need to be hammered home um, to a number of listeners. But I think also just moving forward. Yeah, sorry. We need. We do need to move on. Yeah, go, go, go. Um, um, positives and negatives. Normally we would do this at the start of the show, but for whatever reason I've decided decided to do it midway through. Um, positives, negatives from the week. Uh, Lizard just. Take off the. Um, just listen to whatever Kangaroos Forever has to say, and just sort of adjust it to whatever you think. Kangaroo, right. go for your life. Thanks for that, Nate. So my positives would have to be Geelong losing to Carlton, which was quite satisfying. And the other positive is the fact that Taylor Garner and Anderson will probably be playing in the VFL the next week or two, which is fantastic. The negatives is mainly related to pretty much everything Lindsay Thomas related and media related. Lounge Lizard, go away with that. Thanks. Uh, yeah, I think the um, positives out the sort of weekend, uh, I think, have been Adelaide winning over the Giants. I, I mean, I didn't see that, and it's good to see a young team like them, especially what happened last year, keep keep moving forward, especially with lots of danger field. Um, I'm a bit like you. I, I think the uh, Geelong losing was a positive for everybody. Um, Buddy Franklin still being informed, you know, it has to be a positive. Um, and the only real negative, I think, out of the weekend, apart from the Lizzie Thomas stuff, um, I think it's just the the, the crusade um, about the head heist. I've had this has dominated five days of media. Yeah. Uh, and and the only other negative is, as far as Richmond goes, to add a bit of uh, club balance to it, was the Richmond cocktail night uh, <laughs> for the members. Um, <laughs> when you... <laughs> The fact that they had people walking around all night saying, don't take pictures of the players, don't only sign the cards that we give you, I thought it's a paid-up members' night. Are you joking? No, no, no I'm not. Let... Go and have a look. That's unbelievable. It's, it's a members only for only Richmond members or those who sponsored players, so you got put in for the big footy. And last year, they were happy to have a couple of pictures. I got some with Dusty and everyone. And this year, they actually had people reminding you and signs everywhere saying, no pictures, no pictures. So negative Richmond, come on, relax a bit. You know, we're doing all right for, at the moment. It's almost have a picture with Koch or Martin. You know, it, these days it takes no more than three seconds. That is unbelievable. All right, Philly, off you go. <laughs> well, that's crazy. My positives and negatives are, uh, are all around LT, actually. My, the positive about LT, I thought he clearly kept us in the game in the first half and was a, a real bright light. If he had have kicked that easy goal, I think maybe the result could have been a little bit different. We were getting a bit of momentum, and I, I thought he uh, his performance was outstanding. Uh, obviously, the negatives are around the way he was treated, as you other guys have mentioned. I mean, I think it's it's interesting that not, no one's really mentioned Dermot Burton's actual comments and the fact that he kept referring to exit... Was it exit point? Is that what he kept referring to? Yeah. Is one of the most stupidest retarded, spastic things I've ever heard in my life. They're playing a game of football that has 360 degrees of movement and 360 degrees of exit points. Um, he can go anywhere he wants, fool. 
I mean, Dustin Martin runs straight at people and fends them off. Ben Cunnington runs straight at people and fends them off. They're not going for the exit point. Lindsay Thomas is a left footer. What if he's trying to duck back to get on his left foot? Give me a spell. That's all. Right. So, <laughs> rant number 69. Um, just for me, it'll be... <laughs> I love a good kickity and I love a good... Anyway, um, Brad, as I, was, I just want to reiterate what I said earlier about Brad Scott coming to the aid, um, the defence of Lindsay Thomas and really giving it to the media and saying, you know, what the hell is this all about? Massive positive for me. Um, also that he's willing to change up a few things and a few ideas from previous about threes, either playing or playing to the rules. Anyway, moving on. Um, injury list growing less and less. Sorry, Nate, could I just quickly, quickly interrupt? The other, the other positives, and you brought it up, was Brad Scott coming out and defending Lindsay, but also Heath O'Loughlin on Twitter and using the website and other North Melbourne people coming out and defending him. I think the club took a start the stance this week, and I think it's been great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was even on. I'm pretty sure it was on the North Melbourne website, and there was a lot yep. of people who did that with that, and that was. And that's um, unprecedented. Normally, the clubs stay out of that stuff, and I think, it, yeah, that's another one. No worries. Really good stuff. Well, yeah. Well, that's okay. Um, injury list getting shorter and shorter. So just before we move on, I, that reminded me. I think it's good positive for those who be listening in the next couple of days. There's a thread on the Richmond board at the moment called Get Well, Reese McKenzie. Yeah. He's currently yeah. got on long-term leave from the club to um, battle his depression and anxiety. He posted on there, didn't he? Did he And post he on did. There? He actually he made an account and did a very long post thanking all the kind words. And it is a legitimate post. It, his Twitter linked back to the post. Um, yeah. So, you know, if you're someone who, who struggles with anxiety or depression yourself... Um, do jump on board. It's about page three um, from Macca one two three four, um, and it's a really really good read about how he's coming and dealing with with those issues. What a ripper, mate! Really really good. Yeah, it's great. Love that. Um, it's well, good to see the clubs clearly let that go as well. You know, because I know that the clubs are very weary of of players being on on forums like ours. So it's, it's good that the clubs let that slide and let him and post that. Yeah. Fantastic. I think that issue would also resonate, just not with him and Richmond, but also a number of posters on a lot of um, big footy boards, a lot of the teams, players, spectators, you name it. A lot of people are touched by that. So um, to think that he would be an isolated, he'd be, um, for him to think that he's isolated, I don't think that he is. Hopefully he's not. he realises he's got a lot of people around him at the club, loved ones and all sorts who, whether they've been through it or, and or they can help him through it. Um, I'm sure with Richmond being professional organisation they are, will have all the protocols and processes in place um, to allow him to get better um, if that's what he needs. And it just goes to show, whenever you start a post with, if you're reading this, so-and-so, there's a good chance that they are actually reading it. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. yeah it's actually found on page two of that thread, so there's over 270-odd likes, so it's quite popular. Ooh. It's probably the best liked post ratio I think on Big Footy as well at the moment, <laughs> and all and observed. Very true. Yes. Well, that, it's pretty hard to move on from that, but, but um, unfortunately, this will roll on. So into the question time, um, and guys, we'll probably try and keep it as quick as possible because I think we're nearing the hour <laughs> mark already, and we're not even near the preview. And we're oh, there's a lot more to go. I can't believe this. We're going to beat um, the hour and a half podcast from about a week or two ago from Jay Z. Philly, first up, and keep it as brief as possible. Actually, no, keep it to a yes or no. Um, did Scots, if you can't beat them, then join them approach surprise you? No. Kanga? No. Uh, All right. No, me. Well, I mean, to, to expand on it very briefly, it's smart, isn't it? I mean, 
if other teams are doing it and it works, why wouldn't we do it? Don't yeah. be left out is what I'm thinking. And I'm thinking, yeah. you know, um, evolve and um, and just roll with it. Uh, second, Mutley45. Uh, Lizard, you can probably jump onto this one. Does Miles go lower than LT? <laughs> Uh, maybe. They're different players, aren't they? Miles is a, like a contested field and, and almost tries to lock it in. And he's, I think they're totally different players. Yep. Yeah. Definitely agree on that. Very much so. Uh, I think Miles tends to drive with the head, and that's where he's been sorted. He doesn't, I don't think he does skin right. Yeah, 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 that's true. Yeah, very yeah. true. I think Philly's just touched on what Muttley's probably insinuating or inferring here. Uh, he's already had a go at me for his pronunciation of his name, so I'll reiterate Gasometer. Um, poor disposal and turnovers is the difference between meh or love or whatever the hell he's got and greatness. Yep. Is it lack of composure and or a skills issue? Oh, I think Anyone can jump in on that one, actually. No worries. I think it's kind of both in that, yes, is composure. In the case of Luke McDonald, it's not a technique thing. But in terms of, say, Ben Cunnington, I think it's a little bit of a flaw in his game is his skills. And his kicking technique, I think, he does get off the mark, is the issue there. So it's definitely both in this case. Yeah. He comes across as lazy. I'm not sure that it, that, it, that it's lazy. I, th- I just think it's a, it's, a, it's a technique issue. I think he, he the one-step stuff often works out really well, but when it doesn't work out well, it, it, makes, it makes everyone cringe. He doesn't push back off his mark enough. But on, on composure, I, I think that the, uh, the three players that we have on our list that are most composed are... Tarrant, J-Mac, and, and also Cunnington. I mean, yeah. in the back line, their composure has been unbelievable. And I think the one thing that let us down a little bit on the weekend was I don't think, as, as good as he was, and, and please don't think that I'm saying him off, but Brad McKenzie lacked a little bit of composure on the weekend, I thought. Yeah. And and when he was in that mix of the, of the back line that has been, up until this point, very composed and very cool under pressure, I think that it, 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 he rushed some disposals and, and put some people under pressure. And Dumont was a bit, little bit of a part of that as well. They just didn't have that, that cool. And and it's going to be time playing centre, and they haven't had it, so we can't really. Yeah. True. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, their midfield's outstanding. I mean, we we weren't disgraced, and to lose by twenty six points against them there probably um, flattered us, to be honest. I think they were probably more like a seven goal to team than four. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, only forwards asks, and these actually are both about um, young Trent. Where'd they find Trent? Cochin. They uh, they actually found him with the Sean Higgins medical wing. Oh, jeez, that's a brutal. <laughs> Did all you guys see the stuff that some of those Western Bull flog wankers were writing about Sean Higgins when he heard him? It was unbelievable. Uh, was it vile? It was really bad. Like, they were celebrating the fact that he was injured because that's who he was when he was with them and stick that up your ass North Melbourne Medical Department. And, like, honestly, they're just... That, that is- they're very bad people. Very bad. Uh, so he's got left in the West. Yeah. Well, jealousy is a biatch. Anyway. <laughs> from Joe Lind, um, do we... Oh, actually, Kanga, this is probably more for you. Do we bring Jacobs back on a crutch um, just to scare Koch? Um, probably not. What I'll really do is... Good. <laughs> I'll probably make a mannequin of Jacobs' head and put it in his um, Trent's bed. <laughs> And then you can wake up like a horse head in his bed type of thing situation there. Just to scare him a little bit, him and his missus. Yeah, look, you have to be careful what you say, otherwise Brooke Cotchin may make an Instagram post about, about you guys. It's a brilliantly funny question, but I guess the, the real question is, do we tag him? And if so, with whom? Because 
he's shown that when he is tagged, he does nothing, and, and that's a good thing for, for us. I think the problem for you guys at the moment on Richmond is that both he coming back from injury and Martin at the moment are both in uh, season best form. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I would actually be more inclined to try and tag Martin out the game, which I think would be easier. He's a hard, I, th- I think he's a harder guy to tag. I think Cochin crumbles under physical pressure, and I think Martin thrives on physical pressure. So I, I think if you, if you hurt I mean, Cochin and you try to limit... I mean, I, I'm really looking forward to watching Cunnings go head-to-head and have a, a fend-off petition. Yeah. Maybe leave that to the uh, preview. So yep. I okay. actually absolutely agree with what you're saying and can't wait to hear more about that. Um, just quickly... There was next to no VFL, apart from, I think, Richmond and Essendon may have had a game. Uh, otherwise, the rest of the VFL had the week off. Sanford played off against the VFL. Mike Tomoko from, uh, sorry, the Werribee captain was one of the best on ground, yep. as was uh, an old favourite from North Ballarat, Nick Ribbon. Mm. Um, this week, the Wes, uh, Werribee go up against the Pies at Avalon on Saturday at 2pm. Uh, Coburg against Richmond is, I'm pretty sure, the Channel 7 game on Sunday at, out at Coburg. Um, okay, sorry, just reading your comments at the same time. Okay. Um, the ladder in the VFL as it stands is uh, Werribee 8th, Collingwood 9th, Richmond 11th, Kodex 14th, North Carolina 15th, and, and the surprising one is Case here actually first. And by the game, I think they're clear over Willie, I think it is. Yeah. I can't see more on who that is. Um, we're already touching the injured list and how it's decreasing, and it's going to be really good to get some of those guys back. First of all, they do need some time in the VFL, regardless of what people think. Um, so, Garner, uh, Anton, it all, and a few of the others. Moving into the review of the Sydney game, um, if you even really want to talk about it, which I don't really look too much going. I reckon you skip it. Kanga? Yeah, we probably should, just, just for a Yeah, alright. Look, I just, look my, my thoughts before you guys just go on with it is I just think that Sydney are a good team and a lot of our players were really found out. Rudy Boomer, Rudy Petrie, quite a few others. Uh, it was hard to find a few that really stood up apart from uh, Taz, J-Mac, Lindsay, yeah, Cunnington, JJ a little bit. Um, it was, I don't know, I mean, I only watched three quarters of the game, so I was, yet again, I watched three quarters of the game, so <laughs> I'll just leave it at that. Okay, off you go. Yeah, well, it wasn't a pretty match. It was very contested. They just they just put too much pressure on us, and we coughed the ball up too much. We've already gone through who played well. A few of us, a few of our players just lacked a lot of composure. Harvey, that's the worst game I've seen from him in a couple of years. It's it wasn't a pretty game. Let's just say that. Uh, Tours just couldn't get into it. Besides our defence, Tarek was pretty good, but it really wasn't a great match by us. A lot of players were down. Let's just say that. I, I just thought our really good players play well. I mean, Petrie, I've never seen Petrie play such a bad game. Boomer the same. I thought Wade tried really hard and, and got up the field, and I thought at one stage we were going to see Wade knock someone out. He looked really angry and really, really pissed off, so I'm glad that he did throw a punch. But, I mean, again, their midfield's outstanding. Kennedy, Kieran Jack, Hannabury, and Mitchell. I, I can remember saying to, uh, to the people I was watching with that about, about the 12-minute mark of the first quarter, Hanbury hasn't touched it, and I reckon from that point on he had his own ball. And I think he he could be the best player in the comp. He might have he might have a bit of competition in Buddy, but Hanbury uh, is a superstar, mate. He's a gun. Yep, agreed. And our, our good players is I, I thought our, we defended pretty well. I thought Tarrant did a really good job on Buddy, despite Buddy being a superstar. J Mac had probably his best game for the year. 
goal was outstanding. We've got the uh, North Melbourne put the Twitter thing up of his uh, the gift of his goal. <laughs> I've had that on loop for quite a lot this week. He's a he's a gun, Jay, mate. Getting a chum. Um, in yeah. terms of moving into the preview, um, do you think there'll be many changes, if any, and mm. who? I don't... Maybe Jamont out, I can see happening. Uh, a lot of people are pushing for that for Wood. I don't think four tours would actually work in this kind of game, especially if it's not going to be great weather. I really... Uh, it's one of those games you're just not sure. Maybe Dorian for Goldstein, they're having a bit of a break. But beyond that, I'm not sure. I wouldn't be surprised if Wood comes in for Jamont and Dor comes in and Petrie has us for a week. I, I don't know when... He didn't, look, he didn't look fit. I mean, even when Petrie doesn't get a lot of the ball or kick a lot of goals normally he at least brings the ball to ground and tackles really hard and smothers and shepherds and rasses and does all those things but he didn't even do those things and he was smashed in the air by a Grundy who's about a foot shorter than him so I, I think there's, he didn't look fit and he needs a rest and I think if you bring in Dor and Wood you don't you don't lose that much and Goldie didn't look right he could miss but if, if he I, who, who's rucking for Richmond is Marich going to play this week or is he out that's I'd be it. surprised if you see Marich again. Okay, Marich is gone, so it's Hampson. Hampson. I think if if Goldstein Hampson could match Goldstein or try and break even in in the uh, tap outs in the yeah. contest, but around the ground is where we've got to be weary. Yeah, and we've got to be weary of Goldstein being a link up player. Well, Hampson is as useful as Megan Gale around the ground, so really. <laughs> yeah, I'd argue with that. Yeah, um, I mean this is, this is a game that. I, I, I think I don't think Richmond were that impressive last week. In saying that, we weren't that impressive when we played Essendon either. I understand that, but I I just I think if we play the game that we played against Carlton, yep. or we played against Footscray, yep. or we played against Adelaide, we comfortably. Yeah, but an informed Richmond is a difficult Richmond. Like round twenty three last year, they weren't exactly informed, so we're able to beat them in the final. That's fine. But I mean, but, but they're, they're missing some players as well. They're missing Hawley, and they're missing what is that. And I, I, that came to McIntosh is out. I really, I rate him. I reckon he's yeah, he's a ripper. He has a crack and he's good. And there's there's talk Rioli's got a knee. He might miss. Um, I mean, yeah. injuries are a part of part of footy at this time of year. But I just I think we're uh, we're a bit stronger and a bit better. I think if we, if we've got designs on on finishing top four or maybe top two, we we simply have to win this game. Yeah. And okay. I mean, from a Richmond perspective, I mean, you guys losing last week was the worst thing. Yeah. Because. I mean, it was a loss you, you guys probably needed to have. And I mean, I'm, I am a big believer in, in certain losses. I think there's always good to have lost, particularly before finals. And you often see the Premiers have lost in the last three rounds. Brings yeah. you back to earth. I mean, Brad Scott's not the sort of coach you'll want to piss off. I think he'll be angry um, or disappointed with the loss. Um, and of course, you know, you guys have a tall forward line. I mean, it looks like Asprey is deceivingly tall. Um, he's not much shorter than Hanson, but he's as slow as a wet week, um, which against fours like yours will be problematic. Yeah. So we probably have to bring Chaplin in again. I think our back line... I, I just read just then that Chaplin's injured and he's going to have a test. He may not play. I think we need him to play, though. I think he has to come in because it's Rance will take Wade, I would think, and yeah. Chaplin will take Petrie. But then, I mean, if you guys bring Dor in or Wood, I mean, we need the third tall because otherwise Asprey's lining up on on a Lindsay Thomas or, or Brown yeah you know and Asprey can't go with Brown not in the lead um, not at all he is and and I think but we are playing at night in Tassie it's going to be slippery and I'm, 
Ben, ben Brown hasn't been great. I'm not sure that I'd be too concerned about getting hold of you at the moment. Yeah. No, I think the other problem was, I mean, if you guys play the sort of Nahas and uh, and Thomas and some of the, you know, Boomer Harvey's resting forward, we don't have the the run of half-back that we had. We, we don't have yeah. Hawley, we don't have Yaron. Um, we, you know, we, we've lost and has to go back, but he's thriving in the middle at the moment, and we probably need him in the middle to counter that, you guys. Is, I don't is Taylor Hunt going to get Boomer back in the Look, yeah, Taylor Hunt probably will have to be stuck. I can't see, I can't see who comes in, you know, mm-hmm. in the back line. Yeah. Um, oh, great. So what about Stephen Morris or someone like that that could lock down on? Yeah, but he's. I don't. He's not a great lockdown. He was a good lock. He's 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 become a very good third sort of backman who comes across. Yeah, yeah. Um, Nick Maxwell. But, you know, again. So I mean, Nick Maxwell type player. Yeah, exactly. And he, you know, he's going to throw his body in. I mean, the, the best thing he could do is go in hard and hurt someone early. Yep. You know, or, you know, so I think I, our best 22, I think, could match with you guys. But, I mean, as I said earlier, I think you guys are genuine premiership threat mm. and top two threat. And why the media refuses to acknowledge it, I haven't understood, even the last two years. Um, and I don't think we're in the form at the moment to take it up to a top two side, which you guys are. Um, yep. And especially given the weather, apparently it's meant to be foggy, wet, and all sorts. And I think uh, I think it would be an average game on the eye, but you guys will come away quite. I certainly agree with that, and I think it will be a very much a contested slog. That it's going to be a hard game. It's going to be a very contested game. The weather's probably not going to be great for the game. It's really not at all. And I yeah, yeah I agree. No, I was going to agree, and I think your your centre mm-hmm. is a lot harder than ours. You know, we we. Flossen and Martin go hard, and Cotchen does at times. But I mean, body, body to body, you guys have a bigger, bigger, you know, centre. And if you do win the hitouts, um, then I think we're in some real trouble because I don't think that we would have the defence to hold up um, to to the long kick in. But the best way I think for us to score, our best avenues are quick breaks out the forward, or if we can get it on the ground to some of the smaller guys, some of our better ball handlers. As I said, a lot of them aren't playing at the moment. Yeah. I mean, Delidio will drop back. I'd, so they'd have Delidio bringing it out the back line. Um, and if I was you guys, I'd make Delidio accountable for someone. You know, I'd put Boomer Harvey on him and tell Boomer to go. 450's yours, run Harvey. You know, make him. Don't let Delidio run off and, and chain up and sort of make play. See, I think I think Mason Wood would be a really good in and match up for the lady just because he's he's got the height to be able to test him in the air and he's got this, the running ability to be able to stick with him and I think it'd be a good yeah. uh, learning role for him and it'd be you know give him a bit of a job try to play that sort of defensive forward role on Delady. I think maybe that gives and, yeah and you would be wary of Wood because he's been shown to bob up with a couple of goals and be in dangerous yeah. position yeah I think I yeah. think I think that's one of the reasons that they'll bring him in to be honest I think. That obviously, I think Gibson will play a bit of a defensive role on Alice again, like he did last year in the finals. And I, I think Vlossen's much better footballer this year than, than what he has been previously. He's a he's a great. I, I almost said he's a great player. He's not a great player. He's a really really good player. I watched the Richmond game the week before last, and I can't tell you how impressed I was with him. And I, I thought he was a spud, and I was I was wrong. He's really the good. only problem with him, he doesn't have the tank to do it all game. Yeah, he does impressive um, things though. He's he's smart and he hits he hits in hard. He does, but I think the other issue, and this came up on the Richmond board somewhere, that you can't really play Cotchen and Vlosten in the middle together. Yes, you can. Well, yeah, it's like the swallow Cunnington thing. 
they just don't mix well. Yeah, I I just I can't see the two of them going head to head because you wouldn't put Cochin in the half back line. It's not like the hot. You rest him forward. Um, you could have Delidio and Vlosen swap in and out um, when Cochin goes forward. But I think I think this is a danger game for us. Really, the more I think about it, the more I think, geez, you know, on the dry deck at Etihad, we might be able to get you with some run off the half back line if we had Yaren if we had a fit Hawley and uh, you know some small forwards you know like Rioli playing and if he was drifting back and McIntosh as you said but I, I don't see us having the run to go with you guys and if we do get it forward I mean our two dangerous options are uh, Revolt Lloyd and uh, uh, Griffith you know I mean don't worry about Vickery and yeah. probably don't worry about Brandon Ellis He's going to get 30 touches, and they're going to be handballs backwards anyway. He's not going to get 30 touches if Gibbo plays on him and smashes him like he did last year. I don't even think you, I don't even think you need to tag him. He, okay. he doesn't have he doesn't have dangerous effect, uh, disposals. He racks them up, but they do they then they do nothing. Yeah, like Lockie Hunter's type disposals that they don't. Yeah, shoot exactly. Much. And there's 40 40 handballs backwards. Yeah, to the player who just gave it. To him. Um, I think um, uh, C Ellis. I forgot his first name now. Corey. Um, but. Uh, I think number 32, I think watch out for him because he's just hitting some good strides. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think this is a danger game for us. I, with the two lists on the part right now, I can't see, first of all, we could probably match your midfielders like on the spread. But if you guys get a good clearance out and a long kick in, I mean, kick it, kick it to, yeah, kick it to whoever, um, you know, kick it to whoever Rance is not on, really. And you guys are going to just kick goal after goal. Yep. Just moving on. Um, all right. Thanks again, boys, for joining us. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening, and that's been the stern look for the North Melbourne versus Richmond podcast. Thanks again.